So I keep having this reoccurring dream that I've had for a while. I hate when people say it like that, though. That's the thing. Like, every time people talk about their dreams, they talk about them as if they mean something. You know? Like, I'm about to do. It's the fucking weirdest thing. Like, why do we do that? I think part of the reason why we do that is because we don't know why we have them or what they mean. And because of that, we're always putting it in movies and shit like that. Like in the Matrix, well, maybe this means this and he's secretly the prophecy and he's going to be Jesus or you're going to die early. Or maybe this means I'm supposed to play the lottery or I'm going to get that boat I always wanted or. You know. That's what we think they mean. What they actually mean depends, I guess. I don't know. Probably. Some scientist out there is going to be like, Oh, no, you're wrong. This is actually what happens. And I know because I know how everybody works. Brain works. But they don't. They don't know how your brain works. They don't know how your brain... Think about it. If you see something at the corner of your eye and you go, oh shit, I just saw some shit. And then you tell somebody, I just saw some shit. And they go, no, you didn't. They think you're lying. But you're not lying. Because you saw it. But since they didn't... Fuck you, right? I think what, what I'm getting at is... I think everybody knows who they're supposed to be. And I think... Very few people... No, okay, so that's, this is going to sound stupid. So I don't mean, like, okay, look. Uh, how, how do we say it? Okay, so no, I think... Okay, I, pe I think people have, like, a dream... Of who they're supposed to be. And then I have. I think they have. A fear. Of who they're going to be. And then they have. A realistic expectation. Of what they might be. Or probably will be. And then they have a secret that they don't tell anyone. That they don't want anyone to ruin or pollute. They don't want anyone to know about. Their secret little garden or castle or whatever makes them tick. Just them. Because all we're doing, like, when we walk around in society, we're really just learning off of each other. Constantly. We just walk around looking at shit that we've made or done or did or are going to do or are making. That's all a job is. A job is just you going somewhere to make something. 
to produce something to keep the culture going. You know? And anyway, the point I was getting at point is that people have all of these different ideas of who they could be, should be, want to be, can be, blah, 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 right? But all those idea, idea, ideas play like movies, like in your head. Like, think about, okay, think about a car, right? Like a red car. It's got black tires with yellow rims. A sports car. And there's a blonde woman in the front seat driving down Beverly Hills. Something. You see how that picture was painted? But it was painted like a movie because no word. You didn't know which word I was going to say next. So you only had the piece I gave you. So when I said red car, you had the red car. And then when I said yellow rims, you had the rims. And then when I said driving through Beverly Hills, you had Beverly Hills. And when I said you fucking there's a blonde in the front seat, you all had a blonde. And not only did you have a blonde, but you all had a different red car. A different idea of which yellow rims, a different version of the blonde. And I'll never know what that vision actually is. Because it's all yours. I feel like life is just... The shared, like... Experiences we all have. And then the talents or the skills or whatever are the secret experiences. So in other words, what I'm saying is I think that dreams are just movies that are playing in your head of all the different possibilities that you can do with your life. So when you lay down at night, you're just thinking of a different life. I think that's all the dream is. Nothing more, nothing less. They don't mean anything unless you want them to mean something. So when you have, let's say, a... A kid that's real good at basketball. I fucking hate that I always use basketball. I don't want to use basketball. I want to use something else. I want to use a, uh, a musician. I like I like musicians. I like the musician lifestyle. I'm like actually jealous of it. But that's the thing. It's like... You have this musician, Right? And before he gains any kind of success, he has to visualize some success. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, 
If you learn how to play a guitar, if you pick the first time you pick up the guitar, you start strumming the guitar. You put it down. You say, hey, I kind of like that. You think about it for the rest of the day. You go home. You wake up. You get ready for the day. You know, you eat your breakfast. You do the whole morning routine. Then after the morning routine, you're like, all right, what do I want to think about today? Huh, I kind of like the guitar. And you start thinking about the guitar again. It'd be cool to learn how to play it. You see, your first fucking success is right there. That's the first thing you're visualizing. Is I want to learn how to play the guitar. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. But then afterwards, the more you start thinking about it. Oh, that'd be cool if I got good at the guitar. That'd be great if I got real good at the guitar. Wouldn't it be crazy if all of a sudden I just start play, started playing the guitar, like right now. And then, like, just all of a sudden happen to be a rock star. And I don't want to be a rock star for, like, ever. You know, just enough to where I say I did it. And then I can go play at the bars or wherever. And I can be the local hero that's kind of down on his luck or whatever. And all of that is success. But it all starts with that one thought of, what if I could play the guitar? And you imagine your whole life. And it's crazy because it's like, all you have to do is start right there. You just pick up the guitar and you learn how to play it. Now, if you find out the guitar's too hard, see, that's another thing. It's like when people envision success, it makes, it brings them joy, it makes them happy, it makes them proud. Like, my favorite, one of my favorite things is when my dad would talk about all the things he was going to make. My dad's an inventor. Like, he likes to invent shit. He wants to see what the problem is in the world and he wants to make it. Like, his current thing is copper. He loves copper. Before it was copper, it was tires. He wanted to see all the different things he could do with tires. My dad made a ribbon out of tires for the troops. I swear to God. We were standing in the back. He would be... Using the saw, trying to cut the fucking rubber tire. That's how I found out that they put metal in tires. Because my dad would try in the back trying to make art with it. And it's not like he just went out and bought tires or anything like that. No, he wasn't. Like, crazy. He had this business that he was trying to start. Where he would go around to like different auto body shops, different garages and shit. And he had like he had this old like moving truck. Like he always had a truck. My dad always had a truck. 
before he had the moving truck, he had this like mint. He had this like mint green kind of like it looked like a UPS truck, but like a UPS truck or not a UPS truck, like a milk truck. I don't know how to explain it though. I had like a the, anyway, he, and it was like mint green, like the 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 cab of the truck was like teal, and then the the back of the truck, like where you put all the shit in, like all the shit you load up, was like a lighter. Doesn't matter. So he had this green truck, and then he got rid of the green truck, and he got a yellow truck, and the yellow truck had a white back, and I didn't like it at first because that truck was ugly. The other truck was cooler because it looked normal, but that truck looked used, so I hated it. I can say that now. But it's all, and also the back door was broken, like the slat on the top of it was broken, and it's like shit can just get in there. Anyway, so he had this job. And the job was called his or his company was called 3M Tires, and the 3M stood for his three boys: me, Mike, Malcolm, and Melvin. And Melvin was named after him. My dad's name's Melvin. And anyway, Melvin was named after Melvin. We whatever. Uh. So anyway, he would go around to these auto body shops, and because. When you when people buy new tires, they got to get rid of the old tires. And sometimes people just need one tire. But because they are getting all new tires anyway, they would just take all the tires off. So what we would do is we would go to these auto body places, pick up the tires, sort through the tires to see which ones are used and which ones aren't. And what like which ones like which ones can are still good and which ones are bad. And it's the funniest fucking thing too. Like to watch my dad inspect a tire. Like my dad can inspect the shit out of a tire. Like that's one of my secret skills that I don't. Like I just know tires. I like the 22s I hated because they were the heaviest ones. The 15s were whatever. 20s I could deal with. That's alright. The 16s were hard too because it's weird. It's like the 22s were big but they were big like suv tires whereas the 16s were huge but they were truck tires i don't know how to explain it anyway so we would separate the tires and then we would take all of the used ones to this mexican dude uh gilbert and we would sell him the tires and then we would take the other tires to the landfill and that process took all day all day my little brother malcolm hated it i actually i liked it i really did because that was like i didn't i hated being home around my mom because my mom was a fucking psycho but it was just peaceful you know like the smell of the truck, the rumbling, the and not only that, it made me feel like I was doing because like my we always had to do shit. Like we would sometimes we'd have to we didn't uh, we didn't have like a backyard when I was like a kid. We didn't have a a backyard like uh, fence. Like we had a nice backyard, but um, there was like an opening like like a gate almost it's the it was i wish i had pictures of it but we lost all the pictures of it but there's a 
you know, it looked like a stable, kind of, like a arch, almost, like a rickety wooden arch, and it would just lead out into the mesa, into the dirt. It was crazy. Uh, they caught a snake one time, and I remember them trying not to let us out around the snake, but I, like, somehow, you know how, like, when they try to get kids, like, now I know what that is. Before, when you are the kid, you don't understand what they're doing, but then when you're the adult, and you have to shoo the kid away. You get it. It's weird. It's like things go full circle. It's like at first you're like, why are they shooing me away? I don't want to go play. I just played. I'm bored. They're like, go play. Go play. Do something. And then now you know. Now you're on the other side of it. And you're like, oh, shit. Go, go play. Anyway. So we would have to carry cinder blocks from one side of the backyard to the other side when we got in trouble and we would have to lift the cinder blocks and build like a a fence in front of the arch where it opened into the mesa that way shit couldn't get in and anyway so I, I like it was weird it was like one of those things where it always felt like punishment it felt like we were in trouble for something. Like when mom said, go work. It felt like punishment. But it was like, it was a punishment I could deal with. Like I was like, I would, I would rather do this than sit around and watch the fucking anger that my mom's watching. Because she never watched good shows. All she watched was talk shows with motherfucking people yelling at each other. Then watch Lifetime. Do you know how... It's weird. Women do not like men. Like at all. Like I don't know what age it is where they get this idea in their mind. That they hate men. But it just doesn't go away. That I, Yo, that's the craziest thing. I feel like that's why I have this... Because I've been having this idea that... I was, I'm always going to get murdered in my, like, that, like that's how I'm going to go. I'm going to get murdered in my sleep by my wife or by a woman. And that's probably where that shit comes from. Huh. Either way, I would rather lift the blocks and shit than do that shit. And I don't even mean it to sound like a boy. Like, I mean it, like, it's just, it was crazy. It was hot. And I hated it, but it made sense. I think that's what it was. Because the center block stacked on top of each other. So it made sense. You know? It was like one of those things where it's like, this sucks. But there's a point to it. I get this. I understand this. Like, when my father had his tire business, I would always have these questions, but they never made any sense to me. Like, I didn't know how to ask it, because I was a kid, and my dad would do these things. I'm not going to tell you what they were, but there were things where I'd be like, just, but why are you doing, like, that's just a bad, that doesn't make sense. 
But it's your dad, so it doesn't matter. You don't care because money, money doesn't mean anything to you when you're a kid. Like, we would go work, but we would work because we had to. And then we got to a certain age. I think we got to like 14, 15. And my dad would start to pay us. And so every, like, every day we'd go out, we'd work, and then we'd eat lunch in the middle. So we'd pick up the tires, then we'd eat lunch, and then we'd go do all the other shit. And so the pay was lunch and $20. And we would blow through that shit. Candy, clothes, candy, food, going to the mall, fucking the arcade at the mall. But that's because we didn't know. I didn't know. Anyway. So my dad has always had these ideas is what I was getting at. And he would be so proud when he talked about all these things that he was going to do. Oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this. And, and he would be so happy when he did it, you know? And my brother was the same way. My older brother, Melvin, he's the reason why I know how to do so much shit. Because he was big into hip-hop, like, Hip-hop, hip-hop, hip-hop. And I was always trying to be like my brother. So the first thing I tried to do, because I remember he would he would draw uh, graffiti. And I was like, that's fucking cool. I want to do that. So then I started drawing. And then he would draw these characters. They were like these, like, ill, like, Bill Cosby like, but, like, fresh characters. Like, they're nasty. Like, just the way, they're, ugh. They're just dope, right? And so I would try and draw the characters that he would draw. And I remember one time he told me, because uh, I showed him, I, I drew this thing, I drew one of the characters that he drew, and I showed him, I said, hey, look, it's dope, right? And I don't know, and it was weird. There was, like, this, uh, like, twitch in his eye not like i don't know how to explain it like it was like this weird weird like subtle moment where he knew that he had to say something nice to me because i didn't do it on purpose or because i like i drew it with like good intentions but i think it was i don't know i don't know how to say it like there was something about it, and it was too similar to the way he draws. And when you, and now like when you think about it, like now that I'm thinking about it, if I'm an older brother, and my younger brother, who's supposed to not know as much shit as I know, comes up to me and draws the shit that I draw, and it looks just like my shit, that would upset me too. But. Also, hey, look, he's getting fucking good. 
okay, well, if he's this good, then let me teach him whatever. Anyway, so I show him. And he said, yeah, it's good, but you're biting. I said, what's biting? He said, you, that's my shit because it's mine. He didn't say shit, but he's like, that's mine. You have to make yours. Anyway. But one of my favorite things about my my older uh, brother is that he was talented. He was so talented. Like he had so many talents. He could he could draw. He could paint. He could rap. I'm saying he could write. He liked to read. He like it was records and reading and going out and hip hop, bro, and fucking Just doing ill shit. Yo, you wanna go to production with me? That was see, that was the shit that was fun to me. Melvin would just put us in the car and we, like he said, hey, you want to go with me? I'd be like, yeah, let's go. And he just take us to go see a painting that he did. Or he took us to go see somebody else painting. That was fun for us, bro. You don't understand. Like if a legend, a graffiti legend was in town, we'd pull up just to go see them paint. If there was an, somebody rapping, somebody getting on stage or whatever, we'd pull up to go see them. It's the craziest thing how, like, all these things that I just thought were normal. Are these, like, weird, important life lessons I didn't even know I was getting. You know, but he was so talented. And because he was so talented, all of his talents, you would. He would he would dream about. What it was like to go be like that, you know what I'm saying, like to be a rapper and he was good enough to be a rapper. To be a professional artist, he's fucking still good. Like the dude gets down. But when he talked about it, his eyes would get this thing. Like, especially when when he would talk about, like, fame and shit. Like, he would talk about it, like, as if fame was bad. As if, oh, no, that's not that real shit, though. You know? Yeah, whatever. It's all right. But it's not the... Bro, I feel like my... I have, I didn't listen to the radio or anything popular. Until I was like, I don't know, 15, 16. Cause we moved, we went to the, I went to the ranch and fucking there, whoever got to sit in the front seat. Cause we had this big, long, uh, white van and whoever got to sit in the front got to pick, uh, Whatever it was that we listened to. Whoever sat in the back probably got punched in the arms or something. Uh, anyway. 
so when we everybody at the ranch is different like you know you got black kids mexican kids white kids indians you know so we all listen to different or natives it's fucking rude of me so we all have different tastes you know christian rock was usually what everyone went with or christian rap i fuck it bro 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 i can't i i whoo those used to be some long fucking sundays wow Wow. Anyway, so because of all that, it introduced me to a lot of music, whether I wanted it to or not. So I'm fucking like I listen to shit like like I love fucking hip hop, of course, obviously. But I also like fucking Atreyu, Fall Out Boy, Lamb of God, Slayer, fucking uh, Corn. Jesus, Joe listened to Corn so fucking much. I hate Bone Thugs and Harmony. I hate Bone Thugs and Harmony. I can't stand Bone Thugs and Harmony. And the reason why is because we had this dude. His name was Joe Rowe. Uh, he got uh This is the fucking craziest thing. Like, I'll tell you the end later. But anyway, like, no, he he would sit in his room every day, and all he would do was listen to Bone Thugs and Harmony. And I get it. I get it. We we all did that. We all had that one shit that we just couldn't stop listening to. And everybody else is like, please. Fucking stop listening to that. Anyway. Um, point is. He would... Listen to Bone Thugs in Harmony every day, religiously, nonstop. And he would cut himself and he would write shit on the walls with blood. Not making it up, that's just, that's what he did. And the ranch is like this weird program, like last step. I don't know how to explain it. It's like if your kid's fucking up. Send them here. If we can't help them here, I don't know what to tell you, bitch. But it was really just kind of like a place to where you're, you you just got forgotten about by like everyone else until you were eighteen. It must suck. It must have sucked for like the RAs there, cause. I'm thinking about it now. We were fucking young and angry, cussing at we shit. The shit we used to say to these people, oh my god. Wow, we were like dickheads, and the fact that they stuck through it. See, those are the real saints. The people who sit with you. When they could be living a better life. Because we were there in the middle of the fucking desert. Because we had to be. But all those people. Fucking D and Shelly and Sean and Brian and. Kevin and Terry. And fucking Yvonne and Tracy. And Mr. Bosch and Rock. And Dennis and. 
Fucking, we had one female teacher, and I can't remember her name. And Klaus and Dawn and Cheryl, all these people. Georgina. They were all there because they wanted to be. Because they thought they could make a difference in somebody like my life. And they did. You know all that shit you talk when when you're a kid and you're and you're young and you're angry and you're like fuck you you don't know what you're talking about and then years later out of nowhere you realize fuck they knew what they were talking about Jesus, I was the dickhead. But anyway. So we would do all these things. My brother and I, Melvin. And. Because I would always be with him. I always wanted to be around him. I always wanted to go with him. My mom would just let me go with him. And then one day I just, I remember her like just wanting me to stop being like him. I would get in trouble every time I would draw. She would take away, he gave me this. This this Radiotron tape. It's like this this VHS from like the nineties, and it was like some recreation center out in LA, and it had it was dope. Like it had Air Force crew, LA Breakers, all that, bro. The shit they were doing, that shit was so cool, Mister Animation. Is the reason I learned how to be boy. It's the reason I started. You know what's fucking crazy? Is all these things that people kept trying to take. I kept trying to fight to get back. And now I have them. And look at what I'm doing. I think that's what I'm getting at. It's just that. Whatever it is that. You were supposed to be. You know it. You can just be that.
You could just go get that. You know it. Nobody else knows it, but you know it. My mom took my radio tron tape and she uh hit it and I because I, I was taking it and I put it in my suitcase. And I watched her take it out. She took it out and she put it on top of like the cabinet that she had in the front hall. And I saw it because I had to go upstairs to get something. So when I walked back down, I saw it on top of the cabinet. Now, the first thing I thought was. Maybe she's retarded and not even like a mean way. I'm not trying to be mean, but I mean it like. Like, because even if you do take something out, right, why would you hide it? In a place where somebody could find it. So that told me right away. That she was just trying to do it quickly. But the reason she was trying to do it quickly. Is because she didn't want me. To end up like Melvin. But she didn't know how to say that. So when we got into the argument of, I just want to take this with me, because sometimes we got to go home from the ranch. Like, I think you got like one weekend where you were allowed to go home or one or two. And you had to get to like a certain level and then they would let you go for the weekend and then you had to come back. And I wanted to take it with me because I wanted to. I didn't know how to break at the time, one, but two, because I wanted something that re that came from home that was important to me, and that was important to me. To this day, I still don't think my mom fully understands how important that tape was to me. So when I saw it on top of the the thing, I didn't I didn't take it out. I didn't do anything. I said, Mom, where's my tape? She said, I didn't take your tape. I said, Mom, I know you took my tape. She said, I didn't take your fucking tape. I said, oh, yeah. I walked up and I got the tape. And I came down with it. And I said, then why was it on top of the, sh of the shelf? She said, I didn't take your fucking tape, but I'm taking it now. She took my tape. And she broke it. Right in front of me. She tore it up. Just angrily. Like I don't know what her beef was with this tape. Or what I did. But she always had that anger. That fucking anger. The same shit happened before too. When I was in 7th grade. I wanted to join the basketball team. And my mom always told me, she said, no, you can't join the basketball team unless you get good grades. So then I got good grades so I could play basketball. And my mom still wouldn't let me play basketball. And so I said, fuck it. What's the point of having good grades then? And that's when I started to fail in school because what's the point? I can't do what I want anyway. So what's, why am I doing this? Why am I working for... The, that's the whole thing. That was my whole 
school like time was why am I doing work in the first place if you're not doing anything for me I get an A and A means nothing an A might as well be an F if I get an F or I get an A it's the same when I get home there's no reward for good behavior there's no reward for bad behavior there's just bad energy all the time now go clean something Clean the bathroom, you can go up the street. It's crazy, like, when you hang out at your friend's house just because you don't want to be home. And when you know that your friends are getting tired of you. But they don't want to say it. Anyway... When I was in seventh grade, I wanted to play basketball. And I remember this kid, my name is Mikey Mays. Or, but at the time, it was like, or not at the time, still like, well, back then people called me Michael. My, my sister, my older sister called me Mike Mike. But, so my name is Michael Mays, M-A-Y-E-S. And there was another kid at the school. I remember I used to, I went to a school in the North Valley called uh, Taft Middle School. And uh, Taft was hood as fuck. And I remember being upset because I went to a nicer school. And the only reason I went to a nicer school is because they just built the fucking school the year before. I went to James Monroe for sixth grade. Then my mom took me out of James Monroe and put me in Taft. James Monroe had two stories. And everything was nice. The basketball courts were nice and big and fucking... There was a dirt lot where we played football. The fucking gym was dope. Then I get to Taft. I don't want to be in this rundown shit. It's one story, four classrooms. The rest of them are fucking portables. The girls are cute at James Monroe. The girls ain't cute here. There ain't no cute girls here. Every class I went to with James Monroe had a cute girl. Even the teachers were hot. I saw Miss Andre when I went back. My sixth grade English teacher. She's still hot. Anyway, I'm not fucking Taft. My name is Michael Mays. M-A-Y-E-S. There was another kid, Mike Maya. M-A-Y-A. He liked to hoop too. And the craziest thing about it was like we both would hoop together all the time. And because our names were similar, we would be like, yo. Right? And his mom would be so supportive. Drop him off at practice. Pick him up at practice. Every game she's there. And I remember thinking like, that's fucking cool. I wish my mom did that. One day, uh, he let me borrow his basketball. And I was like, what? And it was cool, too, because it was cool to have a friend. And then I went home, and that night, me and my mom got into an argument about something. I was like, why can't I play basketball? It's not even my bat. And that's another thing, too, because my mom took the basketball away and told me to go do something or whatever. And I was arguing that's not my basketball. I have to give it back. You can't take my basketball. It's not even mine. 
And she said, I can do whatever I want. And she took the fucking kitchen knife and she stabbed the basketball. I'm not even making this up. She fucking stabbed a basketball. Do you know how mad I was? One, because why? And two, how the fuck do I explain to my friend who was still my friend after that? Surprisingly, that my mom stabbed your basketball, bro. And she wasn't even mad about anything important. It was just a regular day. She was just mad. That's what she decided to do today. So I've seen it before. So when she broke my tape, I was like, really? More of this shit? Are you fucking serious? And then I got to the ranch. And we had internet, but like barely internet. Like we couldn't do shit on the internet. Except research shit. And we didn't like researching shit, so we just didn't. But there was one kid, Juan. There was, like, his name, fucking... I broke his front tooth. I still feel like every time I see him, I see his fake teeth in the front of his mouth. We got into a fight. And... I think he, like, I, I pushed him or tackled him or something like that. And he hit his face on the desk. And chipped his whole front tooth. Like a big old chip too. And it's crazy because every time I see him now. Because he has this stupid cheesy smile that he does. Like he does it when he's uncomfortable. He does it when he is comfortable. It's just his smile. It's like the wan smile. And it's stupid and big and shit. So when you see it. Every time I see it. And I see that fucking gray tooth. I'm like fuck I did that. Anyway, he used to hack shit, so he would always find proxies and shit, and every proxy he would find, he would go through, and that's how we would get on the internet and shit. But the thing was, I was such a loser, I didn't know what to do on the internet. MySpace was boring, like I had one, but I didn't get it. I didn't have any friends, so who the fuck am I supposed to talk to? It was just, you were just sitting there. I just got to customize my page, but that's all I did, because I didn't know how to do shit else. Now I think about it, I'm pretty sure all that's what every kid did. And he would just add friends. Isn't that crazy? Remember my MySpace when it was, like, fun to add friends? Oh, yeah, I want to add you and you and you and you and you and see how many friends you can get. That's where that shit started. Was that that innocent, I just want friends? Do you talk to them? No, fuck no, you're a kid. You don't know how to fucking talk to these people. You just know you want it. Whoever the pretty one was won. It was the beginning of the end. But anyway, I get bored with MySpace. So I would type in Mr. Animation on YouTube. And you this was YouTube YouTube. This was Soldier Boy YouTube. This wasn't this new YouTube. This was like there's like four or five videos on here, YouTube. And the videos are all grainy. Nobody really knows how to upload shit to YouTube. You know, that's when Mr. P College Park blew up. 
Anyway. I'll Google Mr. Animation. I would try to do the shit that he did. But I didn't know any B-Boys. I didn't know any breakers. So I didn't know how to break. But I knew I wanted to break. There's this kid. His name is Colby. I used to call him Colby Marcus. Marcus is just like... Like it's a name. Like I don't know how to explain it. But you know how like you call people other names that aren't their names. Like my, like it was just like that was just like one of the names I got thrown around. Like if it wasn't your name, it was Marcus. And I I was the one who threw it around. But it was weird because I not I never really liked him. Cause he was retarded. But he wasn't like like autistic or whatever. He was like slightly delay like slightly like the point you could tell like nah this nigga's off but he was he was one of those who was always trying to be who was always trying to fit in who was always trying to be part of the the, the crew like part of the, the the cool kids isn't that fucking crazy how even in a place like the fucking new mexico boys ranch we had a fucking cool kids and the loser like you know what i'm saying we all had to hang out with each other all the time and we still had clicks you vibe with who you vibe with, bro. It's weird. I know. Anyway. I guess before I lost my place, I finally fucking lost it. No, I... Oh, point I was getting at is fucking Kobe was one of those kids who were always trying to hang out with us, but never could quite do it. Because it was always kind of like, get the fuck out of here, you loser, bro. And he knew how to break. Out of all, like, he's just like, oh, yo, have you ever seen a six step? And I was like, What's, what is a six step? And he showed me. And that's how I started breaking. It's fucked up because he's homeless now. A homeless drug addict, actually. And it's fucked up because it's like... He was a product of the state, like, for real. So he would get money. And an apartment and all that shit. And he just blew it. He fucking blew it. I don't... I think... What I'm trying to get at... With this shit... Is that... In your life... No matter... Well, in my life, I guess. I can't speak for anyone else's life. But I feel like there's signs, there's roads, there's guardians, there's things, there's... Messages... And the wind. That tell you which way you should go. And I think the only time that we get lost. Is when we stop listening. Because. I saw the look 
in my brother Melvin's eyes when he would think about making it. And it brought him joy. And every time he talked about work, it made him angry. But every time he would talk about his assistant manager, and I would be like, well, why don't you just go out with her then? He'd be like, nah, but I can't because of this and that. And she's, but she likes me, though. I know she likes me, though. And he would always say that. And he'd always talk about her. But he would never end up with her. In fact, who he would end up with is a story for another time. But I would see my dad when he would get the look. And every time he thought about making something or creating something, he would be so happy. And then every time he would think about, no, actually, any other time, he was just angry. But he was like a calm angry. He was never angry towards us. He is angry because my mom is fucking angry. And she's mean. And she yells a lot. She runs the house. But she runs the house because she has that, I'm not going to take any shit New York fucking ignorant attitude. She's from New York. She's from Queens. My mom used to act like she was allergic to happiness. And it sucks now because now she's happy. And I don't even know if it's happy, but it's just like this. She let all that anger go. And I'm happy for her. But when she calls, I get surprised. When she calls, they're always short conversations because we have nothing to talk about. She loves my cousin more than me. And I'm not mad about it. I know it. That's just what it is. But I would see it. I would see the disappointment. In my dad's face. And I see the regret in his face now. I hear the regret in his voice. I used to call my dad. And he would always answer. Then I found out I was adopted. Uh, and my dad would call. My mom would call. And I stopped answering. And so now when I call my dad. He doesn't answer. And sometimes when he does it's. Short, grown conversations. I remember I went home once to say hi after I found out I was adopted. And I went to give him a hug and he went to shake my hand. As if to... Be like, it's an apology. You're a man now. Congratulations, you made it. How you doing there, sir? Let's go get a beer.
Anyway. I moved here. And I didn't know shit. I've never been to New York. When I went to New York, we were kids. You don't remember shit when you're a kid. I moved here, I moved to New York because I had, I knew I wanted to do comedy. And comedy wasn't one of those things that I always knew I wanted to do. Comedy was one of those things, as I told you before, the Olivia thing. Like, it just kind of happened because I was like, this is fucking sad, let's fix this. But I don't know. It's uh, it's one of those things where you, I just kind of knew, and I went. I wanted to do comedy, and so I went to I went to L.A. I I convinced my girl to take us to L.A. I convinced my girl to do a lot of shit. Like a lot of shit. She was down for the cause. I think that's why I am the way I am now. And like, because I know how, I know how to get what I need to get when I need to get it. But I don't like it. So I don't turn it on anymore. I hate it. It makes me feel gross and like, ugh. Like, oh, we're going to be that guy again? We work this hard to go backwards? Like, I'm at peace with all the mistakes I've made. And all the things I've done. But I still get sad when I think about them. Anyway, I convinced her to take us out to Hollywood. I was like, we should go to Hollywood. So we're going to go to, what we're going to do is we're going to go to a breakdancing event. And then we were going to go see the comedy scene, right? And now I understand why she used to lie to her parents so much. Because how does a daughter explain, hey, I'm going to drive across two states for the weekend to go do shit that my boyfriend wants to do? Ah, well. So anyway. We go to Hollywood. We're in L.A. The break scene is fucking dope. We went to Cypher Addicts. We went to a jam in San Diego. That's where I first met the Coin Op kids. That's where I, you know, got down with Coin Op. And TC and Isaac and Joe and all them. Because we had a homie Oscar. Uh, no, nah, so fucking Onyx. I was thinking, uh, uh, yeah, I already said Oscar. But Onyx was out there. And... That's what, so we went to a b-boy jam in San Diego, and then we went to L.A. to Cypher Addicts, and then 
I, I went to the comedy store because it was a Sunday. So I went to the comedy store to sign up to see if I could perform at the comedy store. But it was like fucking 60 people. And we get there and we sign and I sign up and everybody's out talking. Hey, how are you? How's this? How's things? How blah, 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 whatever. And it's dope, right? Everyone's vibing. I'm like, holy shit, this is what comedy in L.A. is like. This is crazy. We're all going to get up. We're going to perform. But then I realized they only pick 10 people. They don't pick all 60 of you. They pick 10. And so they put the list up of who they picked, right? I wasn't on the list. And everyone just left. They all said, ah, well, I'm going to go do something else now. I'm like, why are you guys? But why would you leave? Why don't you just go watch the show at least? Anyway, so we, because we were allowed to go sit in the back and like wherever the comic sat and watch the comedy. So we went to the back and we saw, I don't even know who we were watching. It was an open mic, bro. The comedy store. How many fucking LA people are there? I don't know who they were, right? But I think one of them got picked to do something else after that. Anyway, I didn't know because I was still fucking new to everything. So. I'm watching. And I'm like, this shit isn't that hard if those are the... Because these motherfuckers were bombing. Bombing, bombing, bombing. Because I didn't understand how big these markets are. And Albuquerque... Our shows and open mics were the same thing. There'd be like four or five a week. Yeah, sure, whatever. But it'd be the same people at each mic. So then you would so you would just naturally, because you don't want to get bored, you would just come up with new shit. But then you found the shit that worked and you just stuck with the shit that worked. I still do that. I have a joke. You know what? That's one day. One day, that's what we're going to do. We're going to sit down and we're going to figure out what type of slave I would have been. But that's not today. So anyway, I'm fucking here at the comedy store watching these motherfuckers bomb, thinking I could do this. If this is what this is like, this is fucking cake. So then I get back and time goes by and I'm ready to leave. I'm ready to fly the coop. I'm trying and I know I want to do comedy now. I'm like, nope, I'm for sure doing comedy. I was working on a bank at the time. It's crazy. I was working at a bank, but me and my girl had like broken up and shit. So I ended up sleeping on my like, like I, my sister had an extra room. So I ended up just living with her and sleeping on like, I, this is how, you understand, I am a fucking soldier. I don't need shit. I can have fun in a fucking padded room. I used to sleep on a blanket on top of a carpet, like in a pillow, like just in the corner of the room, and I was fine. That was fine for me. I just put my clothes on out the closet I would iron on the floor and I would go like and it wasn't like she was poor my sister wasn't poor it was a nice house it was just I fucked up so I had to move and the guest room was empty like she just moved into the house so 
I um I was working at a bank at the time and I was sleeping on the floor, but then something clicked like whatever you're doing right now sucks. This isn't what you're supposed to be doing. Why don't you just go do comedy? And then it all hit all at once, just like fucking LA sucks. I don't want to move to LA because LA, like at the time, I realized, like I thought, like LA was just like, I'm not going to get good there. I wanted to get good at comedy. And I didn't know what New York was like because I've never been here. But I knew anything is better than LA, I'm sure. If New York is, then it's got to be better than LA. And I know I want to do comedy. And I know how happy it makes me when I think about doing comedy. And when I think about doing this, I'm sad. And I hate being sad. Why don't I just go not be sad? (laughs) So then I moved to New York. And holy shit, this is the capital of sad. Sad and angry workaholics. People who thought they were going to make it tomorrow and then never did. People who came to chase their dreams and found out, yeah, everyone did. People who said, hey, I'm going to come and I'm going to take over the city. And the city said, be quiet. Go stand in line. I got shit to do. But then after that initial wave, what the fuck? Came the realization, yo. You're fucking doing it. You're doing exactly the thing that you came to do. So quit being a little bitch. And go fucking do it. And all that came from a dream. From a dream I saw myself having. Where I was on stage. Killing. And yeah, I thought about the fucking arenas and the shit and blah, 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 blah. But all that shit seems corny to me. And I'm not saying I don't want arena money. Fuck that. That's fucking dope. That looks dope as fuck. To be a Kevin Hart fucking rocked a football field. That's fucking dope. But I'm not that guy. I don't want you to think I'm trying. I tried before you got there. This is me just showing off. I like it to be nice and intimate. I like it to be passionate. Like, 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 wait, like, not, like, I like to be, like, close. Close enough to where, if you wanted to, you could touch me. That way, when I say what I say, You'll know 
that I meant it. And I don't give a fuck if you don't like it. Because I'm better at being funny than you are at being offended. And that is what I'm talking about. If I could have dreams like that, if I could have thoughts like that, and all those thoughts brought me right here, right now, then who the fuck are your doctors to tell you what your dreams are supposed to mean? Because they don't know. The only person who knows is you. You're not crazy. You saw what you saw. But you're the, sometimes you're the only one that sees it. And you have to be okay with that. And you have to be ready to work if you want other people to see it too. And just like I put that car together. You put your dream together. And piece by piece they'll start to see what it is you're doing. And then they'll be on board. And even if they're not. Fuck them. It's your dream. Not theirs. So I keep having this dream. Where I'm driving. I'm driving down this road. And the road. Is like in the middle of these like hills like where there's trees on both sides and like green trees like nice trees like pretty like it's like i'm driving through a foresty kind of terrain right and it's a nice day it's a beautiful day sometimes when i have this dream i stop the car i get out i go stand on like a hill or something and just look around and think this is fucking crazy Sometimes I have the dream where I'm just driving and I'm just enjoying the drive. Sometimes I think it's just important to enjoy the drive. You know? <laughs> 